This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3391 for Monday, the 2nd of August 2021. Today's show is entitled HPR Community News for July 2021 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is the 180th show of HPR volunteers and is about 77 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in July 2021. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio Today, Community News for July 2021. Joining me this this time of day is... <laughs> Hi there, it's Dave Morris. We're doing this on Sunday morning because of a scheduling issue yesterday. Anyway, HPR is the longest running podcast in the world. That doesn't have a Wikipedia page. And we release shows every weekday, Monday through Friday, on any topics that's of interest to hackers. And to make sure that those hackers get some sort of feedback, we come on every month and do a review of the previous month's shows. What could be simpler, Dave? Absolutely, absolutely. It's a brilliant idea. Very simple. And as we do every month with our... Three, we ask ourselves, which of those 35,000 listeners that have been listening all month has stood up to the plate and contributed to this project? Drum roll, please, Dave. <laughs> oh, dear. They were, they were busy. Uh, we're off doing other things because we have had, had no new hosts this month, I'm afraid. <laughs> very, very disappointing. Very disappointing, Dave. However, hopefully next month they'll be joining us in droves. We'll have to bait them off with a stick. Anywho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm getting the stick ready as, you, as we speak. Excellent. So this is turning into like one of those morning radio shows with David Ken, the wackiest two radio shows in the world. <laughs> Good morning, Dave. Oh, no. Please make it stop. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of two comedians, the first show from last month was season one, episode 33, or HBR 3369, The Return of the Rust, yet another attempt by uh, the Linux in-laws to push Rust as a viable programming language, <laughs> one we know will never succeed. No, no, it didn't sound like it at all, did it? No, no, no. no. The uh, the guest they had on sounded really, really good. He was fantastic. He knew lots of stuff, but yeah, it was. I'm sure it was just a, 
It was uh, Chris pushing, pushing Rust all the time. No, but it does sound really, really good. I I was sitting uh, reading a reading a book, reading a, a Rust manual um, as they were talking, and it, it does. I, I'm, maybe I'm too old to switch languages. I don't know, but uh, it uh, it does sound like a, a great thing to to go and uh, mess around with. Why, Dave? Why would I bother? Well, it depends what you need, really, isn't it? We could do with a uh, um, uh, hello world program from them. You know, just this is Rust. This is how you do a simple hello world thing. Should mm-hmm. actually be a minimum requirement for introducing us to. Uh, there would be a good series for HPR. Um, introduce us to. Uh, a few basic programs like your basic hello world and then maybe your basic uh, open a file, close a file, edit a file, that sort of thing. If somebody could come up with a list of um, uh, a list of things that should be covered in a topic to introduce a new language to HPR so that we would, everybody at least would be able to write, you know, the basics in a particular Given in any given programming language, so for example, in Perl, this is how you would print a little world, this is how you would um, open a file, edit it, and close it again. I don't know, mm-hmm. some basic stuff might be a good one, yeah, 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 that sounds good. So, uh, if you listening to this, uh, to the show, uh, could just uh, make a note of that and send that in, that would be great, excellent. Kevin O'Brien said. I love the show. I found this discussion fascinating. I also noted that Linus had mentioned the possibility of using Rust for the Linux kernel. That is not something you hear every day. If some talented programmer out in HBR land wanted to do a series on programming in Rust, I think this would be a big hit. There you go. Thank you, Kevin. Well said. Well said. And speaking of Kevin, we had more free images from the very good man himself part of the series of GIMP. But this one was more like generic. Um, this was about getting um, just general free images for using in general. Very good uh, very good resource, this. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there, I have had occasion to use this type of thing. Uh, not recently, but uh, next time I do, I will go looking through the through the list, I did actually have a little look at some of them. Um, there, there were there were some slightly different ways in which they were made available, um, which Kevin warned about. So they're, they're not entirely as free as you might expect in some cases, but still, some excellent stuff there. Well worth listening to the show if you are thinking about um, rather than if you're thinking about looking for images that uh, are well licensed have a quick listen to the show it's not too long and kevin has done all the dirty work with the licenses for you so you can make your own informed choice speaking of informed choices (laughs) hbr community news last month (laughs) i don't know what that has got to do with informed choices (laughs) but at least there were some comments Right, uh, first, shall, shall I, first. it's my yep. turn, right? Yep, Frank posted the first comment, and it was entitled, A Comment on Your Comment About My Comment. Greetings. In my comment on the Terminal Journey, Part <laughs> 1, I wrote that I had to split my comment because I got an error when I tried to send it in one piece. 
your reply in this here installment was that postings are limited in length, but that is not the problem I had. Yes, I did reach the limit, and I could type no farther. So I fixed my sentences to shorten the post by a little bit and then clicked on send, but I got an actual error page. So I cut my text in half and then submitted it just fine. I suspect a bug in the form checker or even the back end. I do realize that there's enough stuff in my head for several shows. I'm working on that concept. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, I'll do the next two because uh, I replied to that. Actually, I re I'll do the reply to that uh, first. So uh, I replied saying errors in the comment. There is a limit on the amount of text that you can put in a doc uh, in in a box, in the comment box. And that is um, put in with the value max length equals 2000 in HTML. There is also a trigger that, that there is also a limit that triggers the error C, D, 5, 7, A, B, blah, 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 C, B. When the server sees that, the string length is greater than 2000. So you have HTML, checking that the form is 2000 and you've got the php that checks that it's 2000. you would think that they would be the same but they are not due to the amount of data required to encode characters max length counts the number of characters while string length is the actual data passed so if you include smart quotes for example it takes double the space of normal quotes so if you echo a normal double quote into a double quote dot text and echo a smart quote into double double curly quote dot text and you do an ls of both of them you'll see one is two bytes and the other is four bytes and for a good overview of why this is see character symbols and the unicode miracle by computer file by tom scott and i give the link there which is actually well worth watch if you want to watch it Short. Yes, I would agree. I watched this. Very good. Very good. If anyone's hitting either errors, you should be doing a show. We shouldn't be discussing this. If <laughs> if you're hitting the limit, you should be doing a show. Thank you very much. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yes, yes. So, shall I do trays? Then? Please, please, yes. So, Trey says, "Congrats on jo congrats on joining the Ham community. Thank you for your positive feedback and welcome to the Ham community. Looking forward to your podcast about it. Now, I may need to do some myself." Oh, Trey, getting in there. Uh, I owe you a show, and you owe me a show. Well done. <laughs> Let's see what you did there. That's, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, That's pretty good. Subtle as a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Be easy says Ranger was previously on HBR, and it was indeed. Yes, I think I'll record a follow-up episode as well. There's somebody else doing a hashtag, I owe you a show. <laughs> Very good. Incidentally, mm -hmm. um, we'd, we'd not uh, tagged that show very well because I thought, oh, I wonder if it's in the list of tags, and there was nothing for Ranger. So I, uh, I'm, I, I fixed that particular issue. But, uh, yeah, it's if you're doing tags and, and you you talked about several bits of software, then I think it would be quite cool to uh, to add tags pointing to them so people can find them, you know? Yeah. And if people can uh, send us feedback about missing tags, for example, I was looking for uh, a show on IVF, but the IVF tag is not there. It's just in the summary and not in the tags itself. So I need to uh, 
make a note to fix that. Yes, 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 yes. There's although the tag stuff is is coming along nicely, um, it's not. That's not the end of the story. There's quite a lot of uh, um, curation of the the tags and stuff that's going to be needed because we've got things like. Uh, one tag's got the plural of the word, and the other one's got the singular yeah. of the word. And and you know you sh- we should be more consistent about that. But that probably needs a an editor to go through and uh, and clean it up, which is what yeah. I've done on a few occasions. Yeah, if somebody's bored and wants to help out, that's something you can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the following day, we had the community news show. Uh, no, not the. Rebooting myself. Uh, The following day, we had the New Year's Eve show, episode eight. And Honky says, thanking, I would like to thank everyone who joined the podcast. Without people coming on and taking part, there would be no podcast. Thank you. And I look forward to talking to everyone again next year. Yes, it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was an excellent year this year. It had some really, yeah. really good stuff and some interesting people and uh, some interesting intra interactions as well. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and I've enjoyed yeah. very much listening to the to the thing. And then we had the HPR uh, book. I oh know the HPR RPG club reviewing Starfinder. Dave, I think I need to get another coffee. Starfinder is a science fiction RPG using Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 rules. This was very interesting as it was the only D&D game I ever got involved with in my life. <laughs> yes, yes. I was surprised to hear, hear you <laughs> talking in, to uh, yes on that particular show. But yeah, good, good, good. Excellent. I think it actually uh, I was quite negative about the playing but in hindsight now I think it's more to do with the stress of having to move house and rebuilding while doing this and there was other stuff going on at at the time so maybe my head just wasn't in the correct space for, for mm, playing mm-hmm. that perhaps yeah. uh, perhaps I'll uh, when things are quieter <laughs> well, <laughs> just when things are calmer in, in the house we might uh, suggest Ask Tatu, can I join another game? Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. It would be it would be good. You might find you enjoy it more than you you think. Mm. So it's always worth uh, just pushing these these boundaries a little bit. So there was no comments on that. Um, the following day, we had Swift One Ten with Why I Love the MacBook Mid Twenty Ten, and he did some uh, upgrades to the hardware, and then. Uh, Graded the software to the Catalina version of Mac. Mm, yes, it was. Uh, he he has lots to say about his various machines, and this is obviously the the one he's really enjoying at the moment. So good for him. Now, I uh, I actually got a MacBook from work, um, and I want to run Linux on it, and in fact, eventually got Linux installed on it. Uh, I have an open bug, and the bug is related to the fact that I can't pass. So I I need to encrypt the hard disk, obviously. So um, I need to be able to add a module in Grub so that the Lux um, unlocker will recognize the Mac keyboard. 
if I can do that, then I can use that hardware um, for basically all the stuff uh, that I need to do because it's actually uh, quite a good Linux machine. Um, but there's lots of stuff to be ironed out, like no having no function keys and all the rest. But if I can't even log into the computer because <laughs> I don't have a keyboard module, so my long and short of it is, does anybody know how to add a module to Grub? And the module I need to add is called uh, uh, Keyboard. And I don't know how to do that. So if somebody could either leave a comment to this show or ideally record a show themselves about it, uh, that would be absolutely awesome. Because uh, it is actually a, it's a nice, solid, physical piece of hardware. And um, yeah. I see no reason why I can't use Linux on it. Yep, yep. Um, my son is very much a MacBook fanatic, being having been a a music student. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and he, I think, has he bought one lately? I can't remember now. Um, he he was fed up with, although he quite liked the uh, the ThinkPad that he bought to run Linux because his computer science course is all about. Uh, writing stuff on linux um mm-hmm. he uh he actually found he preferred having a mac again so i think yeah. it, you know it's, it's, it's good and bad <clears throat> well i think this actually is a is a little bit of an issue that i see here this is me going off on a political rant now nothing to do with hbr just i think a lot of companies give macbooks out to people and people find that they're close enough to the Linux environment that, ah, I'm not going to bother working running Linux on it. So therefore, there's zero support. And that, to me, means you know we're failing as a community because uh, here we have all these actual developers who are running hardware that's capable of running Linux, and yet nobody seems to be running Linux on them because, ah, sure, it's, it's just too much hassle. Yeah, but... Otherwise, if we don't run the stuff, then we don't fix the problems, and then we don't have a LXQT, uh, uh, LXDE that is small enough to run a Windows a windowing environment when a Raspberry Pi comes out, or we don't have a kernel small enough and modular enough to be able to run on a mobile phone when Android comes out. Yeah, so mm-hmm. this uh, I don't buy this argument of, yeah, Oh, well, we'll just run the proprietary software. And, do, and that's exactly what Microsoft has seen this. And that is exactly why they're putting in Linux support in so that people will never feel the need to leave the Windows environment because it's close enough. It does everything that you want to do. And then you're nice and comfy in, in that environment and you never break out and we lose the whole innovation that comes from uh people having a miserable time running their operating system, essentially, which is <laughs> what you doom yourself to if you are running a Linux desktop environment. But, you know, with that, you get the freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Freedom yep. is Absolutely. never free, Dave. Freedom is never free, Dave. <laughs> never. Take some work. Yeah. There's always a cost. Anyway. That particle political broadcast was brought to you on behalf of the EFF Europe. Anywho, card. Uh, yes, 3375. Car ODB2, fun and fail. This is something that I uh, I really like the idea of the ODB2 thing that you have all these sensors in your car that completely unprotected. But on the other hand, 
don't want to be hacking my own car as I don't have a car in the first place. Yes, yes. Uh, it's not a thing I'm, I'm going to do. Although the fact that it's possible to do and uh, you can do it in your in your garage or in your driveway or whatever um, is uh, is pretty cool, I think. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, not for me. Yeah, but it's, uh, again, it's the right, the right to repair if the thing fails to run because, uh, you know, you you replace an oil filter and then you have to tell the onboard computer that you replace the oil filter or it won't, you know, start or whatever, then yes, absolutely, we need to be able to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the right to repair thing is, is very important. I have a friend who uh, is a retired aircraft engineer who mm-hmm. would not consider having a car that he couldn't uh, fix which is why he's got an old Volvo at the moment. The last time I saw him, excellent. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that 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 philosophy is is very much there, and people have huge expertise in working on this sort of stuff. So all for I'm all for that. And if you're not repairing stuff, then you're not, you know, you're not seeing how things work, and you're not seeing that you can repair stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's a and and your kids and your family are not seeing that society is not aware then that you can repair stuff that you're throwing something away that uh, a fifty cents component has gone in it and you could repair that yourself. Kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day, Dave, as the door handle was falling off the <laughs> the, the toilet. To be brutally honest. Um, <laughs> That uh, and I was looking at the solid thing that when you were a lad, you were telling me that you had uh, you had to do brazing and stuff, mechanical stuff, <laughs> woodwork and yeah, yeah. Uh, and metalwork. Yeah. Part of high school uh, life. <laughs> yeah, only the boys though, not not the girls. They weren't allowed no, to do that. Knitting and, and cooking, sewing things and cook stuff. And, but uh, yeah, but I think that may have been dictated by policies related to the end of the war and that we had to be self-sufficient and make everything last, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or am I wrong? I think so too, because the mindset in the 40s, 50s, 60s uh, was that you 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 have to, you can't always call on somebody. You have to be able to deal with, with basic stuff yourself. You know? So, uh, yeah, it was, it was the way my... My dad used to work. He built cabinetry in the in the kitchen when we moved into a, a new house, and he laid concrete paths all the way up and down the <laughs> mm-hmm. the garden and all those such things. And it just seemed like the natural, normal thing to do because everybody was doing it. You, yeah, you wouldn't exactly. you wouldn't be out there with a with a shovel and bag of uh, of um, cement these days doing that, most likely. No, so is he not deliberately not doing that? himself uh but then again i've made the choice i know how to do it i have done it i don't want to do it (laughs) (laughs) i'm fortunate enough not to be not to have to do it and some of the stuff that's happening i know that i don't want to be doing i don't want to be replacing a structural beam that's holding up the back of my house thank you very much i'm somebody who's fully insured to be doing that (laughs) that's maybe going a little far yeah. yeah 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 The the RSJ that you you did yourself might be the one that falls on your head. Yeah, but uh, stuff like fixing a, a washing machine and and that sort of thing, all 
all not made very easy for somebody to do is also what I'm saying. Anyway, this is getting very political. We should, you know, in the evenings, I'm I'm just ready to go to bed. So we rush this thing through now. <laughs> it's early in the morning. I have loads of, of gripes. <laughs> Making books with Linux. What's possibly could be controversial about that, Dave? <laughs> oh, nothing. Nothing at all. No, no, no. This was uh, your solution to this. Well, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. Ended up just me prattling about things that I do in regard to notes and books and and documentation and stuff. Um, I thought I'd lost focus a little bit there. I added a bit to the notes that said, uh, by the way, going back to what we were supposed to be talking about. <laughs> but um yeah it was it, it was um I blame Andrew, he kept asking me questions. Exactly. Um yeah. <laughs> good default stance, blame Andrew, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's an interesting subject and it's actually quite large. I don't think we'll be doing any more particularly unless something comes up that uh sounds very, very interesting and worth sharing on HBR. But, uh, uh-huh. but the the subject is, is a fascinating one. A lot of people are trying to do the, this very thing. I see um, things on, on social media, people saying, how would you make a such and such type of document? Um, and Markdown's not quite up to the sort of quality that I want and, and you know, long discussions yes. about how you do that. Um, ASCII doc and ASCII doctor come up fairly often as well. And uh, John Culp, inspired by this series, has done the show himself on the topic, which is coming up shortly. Indeed. Mm. Chromebook support and more when hamsters meet humans. Send floater to. This was an interesting show. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, it's uh, yeah. He, no, no, he I mean it was a good show. Technically, no, no, he, uh, hamster he and stuff a, aside. It was squirrel, I think. But uh, yes, squirrel, yes, not a hamster. <laughs> Hamsters of the world, you know. <laughs> Turn into squirrels. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's he's uh, he's certainly on the, the the bleeding edge of all this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, and while running a bath, I thought that was the most impressive bit. But, uh, and yeah, uh, Tint, Tint Roy. <laughs> summarizes the whole thing saying the subject well that was something <laughs> yes yes it, it it was certainly an unusual uh, approach to uh, to a show but you know absolutely hbr core hbr material right there absolutely that's what it was. yes yes technical yes. madness that's what it was not necessarily in the same thing but mm-hmm. very good very good aside from keeping Dangerous electrical components away from big pools of water might be a good plan. That's all I'd say. But yes, squirrels are known for their daring and danger. Indeed. The following day, Jezra with a brilliant show because uh, it's brilliant because I'm a interested in satellites and b. Um, I'm really interested in the Starlink uh, internet service, what they're planning on doing. Interested does not necessarily mean approve of or disapprove of. Disapprove of, Dave? Which is it? Approve? Disapprove? Yeah. Yeah. Unapprove. How about that? (laughs) Um, But it it was a good breakdown on the tech and on the results. 
Brilliant. If you're uh, out in the sticks or actually, I think this has been developed more for high-speed financial transactions, faster internet. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that, that aspect of it passed me by, I have to say. This is the whole business case of the thing is that fiber optic cables run uh, run from this point to that point to that point. And what they hope to do is in low Earth orbit that they'll be able to get the satellites themselves to communicate between each other so that the actual distance is more direct than it would be with a underwater cable. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Shaving I, off milliseconds in trades, meaning the trades can occur faster. Yes, for as long as capitalism continues, because of course... Indeed, indeed. And um, unfortunately, Dave, it shows no sign of disappearing anytime soon. Depends who you listen to, actually. But, uh, uh-huh, but, uh, comrades! <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I find this fascinating. I knew Starlink, and I because I listen to quite a lot of astronomy podcasts, and some of them have been very, very angry about uh, all of this this stuff whizzing through the night sky and messing up, you know, long exposure, um, astronomical photography, etc., etc. Um, <clears throat> and the stuff about uh, um, Musk uh, saying that he's going to make the satellites less reflective, which is, a, I think it's just a PR stunt more than anything else. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but, but I had not appreciated exactly what the user of it would get and what the what the, the factors are so there's a guy on youtube um jeff gearling who does quite a lot of uh, raspberry pi stuff that, that i follow and he has installed one of these as well and uh he has a i think it's on the roof of his house and it's um but he has a, a maple a big maple tree not mm-hmm. too far away from it so the uh, there's points in where a satellite's going over where the tree blocks access to the to the signal um yep. and then it's all nice and clear so he he did a graph of where things get a bit yucky and then it all comes back together again really nicely i think jezra was uh, experiencing similar things yeah am i right yeah exactly and the thing with this is because the satellites are moving it's with geostationary satellites, you only have that problem. Uh, well, yeah, you still have that problem, but the problem remains, you know, if you're able to find a place between the two trees that you can spot, you know, get direct line of sight with the satellite, you're sorted. But with this, because they're moving in a, a preset pattern in the, in the sky, you need to be able to track them, and it needs to be clear for the whole duration of their orbit. Mm. The these dishes actually do the tracking through some very clever electronics, which I don't, mm-hmm. don't understand, but uh, still pretty cool. Um, means that there there will be uh, that, that they're they're following a sort of hemisphere um, of Correct. movement of the of the satellite, and there and if there's anything anywhere in that hemisphere um, or the, a line through that hemisphere, then you you, you potentially have a problem. And also, it's prone to weather. I think Jezra said that. Yep. But it's still better than no service. Oh, absolutely. If you're out uh, somewhere where nobody wants to lay a, a cable or a fibre or whatever, then then yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we 
heard about that in uh, rural Lancashire back many years ago with the uh, B4RN barn project. Exactly. Not. We did indeed. Speaking of people taking act- matters into their own hands and coming up with a, a solution. Yes. Uh, 3379 Monochromic uh, HP or Linux In-Laws Season 1 Episode 34 The one with the intelligence Part 4 Of a three part mini-series On AI Generated pre-trained Transforms GPTs In this one Yes, yes I just see a spelling mistake in the notes I didn't spot at the time. Oops, never mind. <clears throat> yes, um, it's um, it's a fascinating area, but I can't uh, claim to understand more than a teeny fraction of, of stuff at the moment. But it, it's it's yep. there's some good links that you could follow up if you if you had the time to go and uh, look look further. Yeah, good start. Uh, good, good synopsis. Actually, that whole series well worth a well worth a listen, and very good links involved. And the following day, we had a hookah with building a better Goodreads with Activity Pub. And I don't know if you know Goodreads at all, Dave. Kind of book recommendation site. I, I I've heard of it, and uh, hookah did uh, uh, describe it to some extent. Um, so yeah, it's it's a sort of social networking reading network type of thing isn't it it's a sort of social yep. reading uh, whatever however you'd like to put those words together <laughs> sounds like a great idea except that it's owned by uh, the, the the most hated company on the planet um, possibly <laughs> possibly <laughs> but <laughs> certainly quite uh, quite disliked by many people um which is amazon you needed to say the word. You needed. You couldn't leave it to people's imagination to figure out what <laughs> company it was. Aye, aye. Yeah, because they've probably got a huge list of hated, hated companies. You are now on a list, Dave. You are so on a list. When they come, to, <laughs> when they come to get you. Um, yeah, actually, this was a good idea uh, for a good example of where Activity Pub uh, would would make sense actually it's it's not a strange concept at all by all means no 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 it's um it's something that uh that's well worth looking into it i need to learn a lot more about what would be entailed to to give a, a proper comment about it i guess but uh still it's um it seemed to have the the makings of, of something quite useful there yeah so the next day we had Tlatu goes for a walk and talks about learning to skateboard. Gosh, this was inspirational. <laughs> and I'm not saying that uh I'm not saying that in any way derogatory. This was actually quite inspirational. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. All power to Tlatu for mm. for uh, making this move and also of uh, talking about it in, in this way. Excellent. Absolutely, yeah. John Cobb says, uh, cons- consultative available, consult available. I love this episode. Props to you for learning this as an adult. That's really cool. I, it was wonderful hearing about the sense of you, euphoria you euphoria. felt when you first 
did various maneuvers. It's easy for me to forget what this feels like because it happened so long ago for me. I was a competitive skateboarder on half pipes in the 80s and have a ton of experience. So if you ever need a human being to talk uh, through any of this with you, hit me up and record the show for HVR. Obviously, he meant to put that in, but forgot. Uh, <laughs> will be fun for me. Glad to hear you will be getting some safety equipment, but you did not mention one of the most important safety items, a pair of wrist guards. Most of the time when people fall, they put their hands out to catch themselves and it's very easy to break a wrist this way. Uh, Getting yourself some good wrist guards because you're going to need your hands. Have fun and be safe. Cool. So uh, John Cobb follows up that up with comment entitled skate shoes forgot to mention you should not have to pay that much for a decent pair of shoes a much more affordable option is converse chuck taylor high tops those are the shoes i wore until i got my first pair of bands high tops the chuck taylors have an excellent grip on the board though they don't have any ankle padding if you lace them up nice and tight you get good support against turning your ankle but they won't protect you if your board bangs into your ankle the van's high tops are excellent in every respect i think i got a pair for about fifty dollars several years ago maybe they cost more now now i would uh, not have put down john culp as a what did he call himself competitive skateboarder <laughs> he has mentioned this before. I was aware of this. Um, uh, oh, yeah? I think he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he pointed. He's got some uh, YouTube videos of him as a as an older person um, doing a bit of skateboarding in a in a skate park. And he's. Wow. Uh, I think he still has. He still has it. He's still pretty. He's kept himself fit and. Yes, balance is fantastic, which you need to be. This is why I don't do these sorts of things because my coordination uh, and balance are dreadful. But uh, but he, uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's quite a guy. Amazing, 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 amazing. I uh, just learned some two pieces of information about tattoo this week that I was not aware of as well. Both of which I'll tell you after the show <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> but the rest yeah. of you are just going to have to figure out what does Ken know about tattoo. <laughs> One thing I know is he doesn't have a HBR sticker on his laptop. Mm. Very strange. Ah, yes, indeed. Um, following day, we had 3382. How I fixed a fault in my car for free, thanks to YouTube. By the way, that, that sounds really freaky. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned some things about Tattoo that I didn't know. I was talking to just in a conversation and he mentioned uh, he mentioned stuff that's all it's not that weird <laughs> okay that's good I'm not like hiring teams of detectives to figure out stuff about <laughs> that too just so you know oh uh, yeah yeah and the AI thing you've been writing uh, uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> digs into in people's <laughs> internet history <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah heat shield in a car why would you have a heat shield what's a heat shield don't ask me. I have no idea. Is it something? It's related. I think it's something to, to do with the exhaust. The exhaust. Yep. Don't know. I I I do not get into 
car stuff anymore. I have done in the past when cars were easier to uh, to repair and stuff. I used to work for my uncle who had a garage, um, oh, okay. but uh, uh, but only trivial stuff. But um, yep. yeah, but I have no idea. I I should have checked because I I forgot to do it, and I didn't look at the YouTube video either. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. I think it's a cover over a uh, muffler or a silencer. Oh, right. Okay. I wasn't aware that they, they did that type of thing. No, I had a lot of uh, experience with my... I was stuck up in a place that there was zero chance of getting out uh, of, and I could only afford a really crappy car. So I ended up having... Going to the scrapyard, getting uh, taking bits off older cars and then putting them onto it, became a franking car. Yeah, yeah, oh, there's a lot of mileage in that type of thing. Definitely. There is, there is, and uh, when you don't have to do it anymore, that's great too. Because <laughs> we invented public transport, <laughs> I don't have to think. Yes, yes. Well, you're in the right country for for avoiding all that stuff. You'd think, but over here where we are, there is no public transport. There is a bus that goes every half hour and once an hour on Sundays. So Uh I ended up having to drive my wife's car, which is a rental or a private lease. And um, everything, anything with the kids, you have to drive them into the thing and back. And then I'm my back is absolutely wrecked as a result of it. So I'm looking forward to being back to civilization. Oh, boy. Yeah. Where were we? My Geeky Experiment, an ASUS EEPC901, one of the originals, uh, running BSD on it. Very, very cool. Yes, it never occurred to me to, to do this. I have I have a triple E... PC, the later version, what was it, 1005 or something? Or something something with, that starts with a 1000. Um, and it had crunch bang on it for a while, but uh, still does because I've not used it. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, that would be, I'm quite tempted to have a go at this. It's really interesting. Yeah. No Bluetooth, though. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I'm not no, I don't use, I don't like Bluetooth. No. I wouldn't use it. I do use Bluetooth for my uh, from my phone to my uh, headphones and things, but um, but not much otherwise. Bluetooth, uh, I think, sucks. On page three of the specification, it says Bluetooth should always suck because it's the only explanation for a protocol that's been around so long to still suck as much as it does. <laughs> yes, there was something else I would use it, but uh, yeah. Zen Floater 2 says why I love OpenBSD I love OpenBSD because they produce a secure OS they also produce a whole OS you will never see the lead kernel developer at an OpenBSD insert a patch into the code which was developed by the NSA into the kernel then only withdraw the patch after the entire community forces them to do so Integrity, security, code correctness. What I, I remember hearing about that, but which, what is he? Which developer was that, and what OS was it? Was it OpenBSD or was it another kernel? I have no idea. I don't don't keep up with this stuff anymore. I tried to uh, have a look and see 
what it was, but I can't. Uh, Zenfloater 2, which actually means there's a Zenfloater 1 out there somewhere. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably electrocuted himself with his uh, laptop in the bath. Anywho, um, where were we? Yeah, Zenf- uh, send us a link to that because I, I tried to find it, but I couldn't. Ah, yes. Page numbers in EPUB files. 3384 by John Culp in response to 3367. I love response shows. I really do. And it's how you should do it properly, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. Um, I just realized I didn't actually comment on this at all, and I plan to. Um, mm. It's been a bad, bad month. Um, yeah, really, really interesting. I'm not quite sure how you paginate a sort of uh, wobbly bit of text like a like an EPUB. Um, do you – I think John says something or do you, maybe commented that um, there are mechanisms that count number of words and say after 250 or something, that's the end of a page. Um, but uh, I, I've got EPUBs that have been mm-hmm. – uh, that are uh, Sam's, Sam's books – that have indexes in them, and they have links to chapters in the index rather yeah. than pages. They just say, or, you know, chapters and sections and stuff. You know, if you want to find the word banana, then you look in the uh, cha- the banana chapter in the subsection. Oh, okay. Um, yellow stuff. I don't know. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. But so th- I haven't quite managed to re- – this hasn't – completely resolved the issue as far as no. I'm concerned, but I've not given any attention because I've been doing other things. But, uh, yeah, excellent, an excellent thing. And thank you very much, John. That was uh, very, very helpful. So we have fixed the problem of how to do it, but uh, or where? what's the syntax for putting in a page break, page identifiers, and then an index, but not how you would determine that determine mm-hmm. where the pages are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, also not clear how you would make an EPUB 3 from from nothing, from uh, using Pandoc or something, but maybe there's a, yeah. there's a simple way of doing that. Anyone who knows, send in a show. DIY cat feeders. Uh, you talked about a 3D printed cat feeder. I was going to make reference to your cat, but alas, she has passed Indeed, <clears throat> this was this is most interesting actually. It's uh, I looked at the Thingiverse um, the project and mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 quite clever and the the way it runs where it's using an, a plastic auger that you've printed um, feeds stuff out of a of a container and then it reverses for a little bit to stop there being any blockages because this is. This is dry food pellet stuff. Yeah, yeah. looks looks really good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not a thing, not a thing I would have ever used to be honest. Uh, my late cat was a, possibly a strange one. She, you just gave her a bowl of food, the wet food she'd eat straight away and clean the bowl out. But there was another bowl of dry food, which you just go and nibble at every every little while, and um, you know she she was she self regulated her feeding, which mm-hmm. 
having been a biologist and looking after you know caged animals and stuff for a while uh, a lot of animals do that they don't if you give them food they don't just go and gorge themselves they just go and have a little nibble and then up again you know mice and rats and those sorts of things quite happily do that so yeah. i don't know maybe, maybe cats i don't know that much about cats maybe there are there are there are piggy type of cats that just eat it all <clears throat> but yeah interesting though it was interesting that the, you lose the bond with the with the cat using an automatic feeder, which kind of makes sense. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're no longer yeah, the that. provider. The provider is this magic box in the wall. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing. Yeah, we had a we taught our cat to uh, to know the time that she she'd be got she'd be fed, and also she had a treat time as well. She'd know she'd know she, you know she'd say oh. It's time she'd be there saying, Oi, come yeah. on, you're supposed to be giving me stuff now. <laughs> How did she know the time? I have no idea. Perhaps, so, Dave, she had a database to randomly. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was thrown by DSD. Segue, yeah. <laughs> she had a uh, Perl script. And, that, that's uh, what it was. A, yeah, yeah. Database. <laughs> a bit like what you did in episodes three, three, eight, six the following day. Yes, this this is perfectly logical and this is perfectly normal, Dave. Don't ever change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's the way my mind works. So absolutely, there you go. absolutely. And sometimes I share these bizarre things, and um, yeah. Uh, and sometimes I just keep quiet because <laughs> done enough damage to my reputation already. Not at all. You should not keep quiet. You keep sending in shows. This I listened to uh, when my wife was in getting her uh, second vaccination. So that was that was made me chuckle. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's working. It's working fine, and uh, it's uh, it does the job and. It amuses me to say how many times have we had haggis, neeps, and taddies, and how frequently was it? Yeah. And they and they go, "Wow, yes, we've had it a lot, haven't we? We really like that very much." <laughs> oh, that's good then. It's uh, but there are bound. To, I mean, sure, there are bound to be occasions when people need this sort of thing, not necessarily for doing recipes and whatever. But there are always going to be things where you want to you know whenever we get to go back into the theater or you know when you have a group of people that want to do different things going out for a night for example not that i do or not that i can but but technically you know we were, we've been to the cinema four times we've been to the theater four times you know i want to go to uh cliff walking or something you know you could adapt that same concept to doing other things like events or even books that you read or whatever. It doesn't necessarily need to be uh, for menus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the principle is there anyway. You could play around with the, the ideas. I think it was you who suggested I put it up on uh, a, a Git repository, so... That was uh, that was the, the, f- the tail end of the project. <clears throat> Super. Yep. Uh, yep. Following the Infosec podcast, part five, grab bag, and this is uh, Trey. I think rounding up his series. No, uh, he still has one left to go. And 
Yeah, good. I like this. It's a it's another one I was listening to at the vaccination center. <laughs> yes, it's. Oh no, he, he's got some great uh, great podcasts recommendations here. These are these are really good. And um, yeah, I found I'd heard of a few of them. Not I haven't had many many uh, coincidences with the things that I listen to, but. Command line heroes. I've been listening to that. That's pretty. That's pretty good. So uh, yeah. Anyway, lots of lots of good stuff there. And a great resource to go back and look at if you uh, if you need exactly information. And if you're short a podcast, the podcast recommendation um, series is actually quite a good one. Now, good resource. Mm-hmm. So we must be hitting the end nearly, Dave, on the twenty eighth. Uh, the third episode this week, uh, this month, uh, Free Software Foundation Europe by the Linux in-laws guys. Very good interview. I think I interviewed him before at the Free Software booth in uh, Fostem. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, interesting guy. And uh, some interesting discussions about... Uh, the uh, the organization and so forth yeah absolutely i do enjoy the interview shows by the way that uh, i think i've said this before the uh, the interviews come out really really well and uh, some very interesting people to talk to yeah i'm trying to trying to find that episode one second yes it was uh, 1713 but you know again at time you're only going to get uh, uh, you're only going to get a short snippet. It was back in 2015, mm-hmm. and this really did uh, did justice to the to the movement and the man. So there was one comment on that. It's my turn, yeah. Yeah. Brian in Ohio says free speech. So free speech is okay unless the FSFE, FSFE, yeah, decides it's not okay. Except for RMS's quirky behavior, he was never accused of doing anything illegal. He was merely exercising his right, endowed by our creator of free speech. His only fail was not realizing that the thought police had invaded the FSF. Down with Big Brother. Okay, fair enough. Not necessarily agreeing with that, but fair enough. No, it's a it's a free speech uh, comment. Again, not, not not agreeing in any sense at all, actually. But uh, that's a, that's for another day. Uh, Tales of a tiger. Uh, Ventures and mishaps tagging past shows. This is Archer seventy two who has posted lots of summaries as well, and basically walked through how to do it for anybody who wants to uh, join in the fun. Yeah, it was it was very useful that he did this. Actually, I know we've talked about this in in the past, but it's been quite a while, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 moderately complex when you hear of him uh, of his his problems with it and so forth. It's uh, you can see uh, how uh, how you could easily trip up some of these these oddities. Um, some of the limits on the sizes of things are a little bit. Uh, arbitrary so it's easy to get caught up with those yeah but uh, but yeah no excellent um excellent show thank you very much for the good to hear it actually from uh, yeah 
somebody else's point of view, somebody using the system. And the final one of this month was the intro to DOS series that Ahuka is going to be doing. And Brian in Ohio says, Great show, really enjoyed this episode. The mixing of computer and personal history was great. Can't wait for the next podcast. Kevin replies saying, You're most welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed this trip down memory lane. I'm basically releasing the DOS series shows about every four weeks or so, alternating with my GIMP shows. Yeah. Great. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a good series. I'm uh, looking forward to this one. What I've seen so far. And that brings us up to today's show, which we're not allowed to comment about. And there are some feedback on uh, comments on previous shows. My terminal journey by some guy on the internet. And there was a comment saying a perfect time for sudo apt mark hold audacity sudo apt mark showdown show hold hold show hold not showdown show hold sorry people yes Uh, yes so this is related to the current as you're listening or current as we're recording not as you're listening necessarily uh where the licensing for audacity may or may not be changing Yes, it's all a little bit uh, confusing as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do Andrew's one? Yes, indeed, yes. The next comment is on Andrew's uh, show, Andrew Conway's show, Making Books of Linux Part 1. John Culp says, page numbers. I've been away from HPR for ages, but checked back in this morning and found this show about ebooks. Loved it, and thanks for the mentions. The discussion about page numbers prompted me to look into the issue because it's something that's bugged me for a long time. I was pretty sure there was support for specifying page numbers in the EPUB 3 standard, but I'd never gone into the weeds and figured it out. For fiction, it doesn't really matter, but as you discuss, page numbers from the physical books are still pretty important in academia where we are expected to cite our sources. I took a couple of hours this evening and learned how to embed page numbers, and tomorrow I'll record a response episode to share how it works. There's good news and bad news involved. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (coughs) And Danger Seeker comments on the same show, fonts and latex. Fonts were a problem for latex in the early days because Mr. Kunt invented his own high-quality system of describing fonts. Later, with PDF Latex, I guess, it became possible to use PostScript fonts directly. But PostScript fonts are expensive, and on Windows, PostScript fonts were never really widely used. And then Microsoft invented TrueType fonts. With ubiquitously cheap and not always high-quality, T. TEFs, true type fonts, these there was a growing need to use true type font in latex. It seemed like PDF latex can use the fonts in TTF format, but I've never tried it myself. Today, Lua Tex and Lua Latex can not only use TTF, but also the even newer OTF fonts with very little problem. It works, but the goal of LaTeX was to produce high-quality documents. That's, that's why the default is extremely high-quality. 
and changing things is hard. With Microsoft products, the rule is to produce very low quality documents and it is easy to change to Comic Sans or worse. <laughs> well, with Luatex, you can take part of the low quality document revolution. Well, with Latex, I can now take part in the low quality document revolution. Winky face. <laughs> That's really useful, actually. Yeah, I, it is, isn't I've it? lost, I've lost touch with this stuff. I've said many times before. We <clears throat> we used to use um, LaTeX, however you're supposed to say, as the standard way of producing documents on the uh, Vax cluster that I was in charge of way back in the mid-80s and so on. And um, we, we bought we bought exciting, wonderfully amazing laser printers uh-huh. to go with this. Oh, such a breakthrough. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so every all the students produced their reports and dissertations and everything uh, using that. But, but since the time came when you didn't need to use that anymore and things like Word and Star Office and things came along, then it all sort of fell by the wayside, apart from all the people who are writing uh, scientific papers using it, yeah. and, you know, people in research groups and stuff. And they still are, of course. It's, it's particularly strong in, in maths. So I'm very much out of the loop these days, have been for the past 20 years or more. So, again, one of the regrets that I had was not learning latex. I think I just came to it a little bit too late in my mm-hmm. uh, academic career because God, latex documents look good. They really they do, do. They do. They just and the, the power that you have uh, to produce stuff that's uh, mm-hmm. you can generate indexes just at the drop of a hat, for example, and uh, you know all of the other fancy things and all of the, the sort of templating stuff where you can get standardized documents um, by by just simply declaring that that's what you want to use yeah. is, is is excellent. It's brilliant stuff. Um, did we just skip over the fact that Danger Seeker seems to know an awful lot about this and perhaps should uh, do at least an introductory episode to introduce in her themselves to the network (laughs) and definitely definitely option one would be history of latex followed by the hello world of latex how to produce a document you know how to put an image into a latex document you know, I could see a series there, Dave. Could you? Absolutely, absolutely. Fame and fortune await. Nowhere near where you're going to be, but they await. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I found. Yeah, that's pretty much the <laughs> yeah my life in general. It's just over there, over that hill. Just you never get there. Very much, very much. <laughs> Leprechaun uh, uh, <laughs> solutions. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. Anywho, Trey says thanks for the feedback. Pork Chop. This was on uh, Pork Chop's uh, feedback to his show, um, which we covered last month about the Layer 8 podcast, which is actually quite good uh, as a name for a podcast. Layer 8. I see what you did there. Ba-dum-tsh. Hi, Pork Chop. I will be adding Layer 8 podcast to my list. Thanks for the feedback from Trey. Excellent. Then we had the mailing list discussions. And mostly about the Mumble server closing down, which I'll read. 
As discussed last December, the Mumble server ch1.teamspeak.cc is going to close down. I've tried to contact, this is coming from me by the way, all the other projects on there and HBR seems to be the only project still using it. Aside from the cost, the server itself has not been maintained and my request to update has been closed without comment or action. Fortunately, we have been provided with a room on Delwyn's server. This has been maintained and has an audio test room where you can go in and do an echo test. Uh, the details are, get a pen and paper. Do, 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 do. Chatter.sky, with an E, haven.net, the default port. So that's Chatter. Charlie Hotel Alpha Tango Tango Echo Romeo dot Sierra Kilo Yankee Echo Hotel Alpha Victor Echo November dot November Echo Tango and the default port of 64738. Please update your clients. And that's what we're recording on today, Dave. Absolutely. Yep. All seems good. Which is why there's no show today. So Josh, Josh Knapp, our um, uh, HPR provider chappy, um, says, was there discussion about using something like Discord? And I replied, this is strictly about moving the Mumble server we're using for roundtables, etc. I had a discussion on the New Year's show about a Discord server. In my personal, non-genitorial opinion, this is not something I care about either way. If somebody wants, uh, wants that, then it's up to them to maintain it. I will say that we've been active on public networks for years and got absolutely zero engagement. Uh, this is links to twitter.com forward slash HPR, facebook.com, and then search for Hacker Public Radio. LinkedIn has got Hacker Public Radio. While on open platforms, we have a weekly, if not daily, feedback. And we are on uh, hashtag HPR and Matrix, HPR at Bots and Space. And then there's a link to a chat group on Jabber and XMPP, which is not easy to remember. And that, I don't know about that, yeah. yeah. Good, excellent. And that brings me to, actually, should we be doing, um, as we were recording this, uh, Mark Archer72 says, as linked into hashtag Hacker Public Radio, hashtag throwback, uh, to episode 339, Reason to Love Simlinks. And that was a show by R. Kirk. R. Kirk. So, any more over there, actually? Let's have a look. And HPR on Mastodon is uh, at HPR at botsinspace. Sorry. At HPR at bot, B O T S I N dot space. Bots in dot space. So we regularly have uh, a hookah and myself boosting the shows. Let's see. Um, Tukatorato uh, and I were having a discussion about, um, yes, about <laughs> HPR and how useful it is, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't, I've not looked at Mastodon much today. I usually go and visit it daily. And um, 
Archer72 is doing lots of work on tagging shoulder shows, and he's been flagging up things that he has discovered. Yeah. That was the one you just mentioned, the reasons to love sim links, which is just quite cool. I, I can't think that I've ever, ever, ever listened to that one. Probably have, but it's a long time ago. So, yeah, that's it's a good thing to, to, to go back and look at some of them. There's some excellent stuff in there. And you also get a bit of history of some of the people. So he also tagged, is there anything, uh, is there such a thing as ethical, ethical hacking, episode 325? He sent in a, a thread on how to get particular episodes with uh, wget, hackerpublicradio.org, hpr0, and then open bracket, and then 252,259, and then close bracket, .org will get, will pull down multiple ones. He comments on today's show, the DIY cat feeder, episode 311, firewall distros, uh, Nightwise's first episode on HPR about uh, SSH tunneling, episode 310. Uh, there's a comment from me about the move, about the move of the mumble servers. Is Google e around table 284? Wanted to go back and listen to that one actually. Uh, about Tiddlywinks, Tiddlywiki, uh, 274, 268, like with browsing, 267, copyright volume, free Beatles. Oh, yeah, and episode 248, the uh, recording skipped at 5, five, uh, five minutes 56. So I, asked, I actually emailed Morgellon. Uh, but he never got back to me. Ah, okay. That's a shame. And that's all for this month. But if you want, you can use hashtag Hacker Public Radio and we'll uh, read it out here for sending in stuff, tags and whatever. So I'm on there on a daily basis. And if it becomes a thing, we'll no doubt script it in some way that we get the feedback pulled in from there somehow. If somebody has a show on how to do that, that would be excellent as well. Okay. Back to the plot. Just go on Mastodon and find yourself being drawn into all these <laughs> things. <laughs> what are people up to? Fascinating. Yes. Uh, any other business? The uh, older HBO shows on archive.org, Dave? Did all of this is yours. Comment, did you not want to comment about the the WeChat? Um, well, that was today, wasn't it? That's the wrong, the wrong month. Forget what I said. Okay. Watch that. Free node. There, were, there was email about free node today. But yeah, today, was, uh, today is the first of August, so it is. But well, actually, we can, uh, as it's as it's come up, let's discuss it. Um, free node. So uh, the IRC channel, Oddcast Planet, HBR kind of tagged along there. Although we were never really an Oddcast uh, only show, we do HBR. Uh, we do MP3 as well. We're actually doing all the formats now. So because of this issue with Freenode, people have moved to somewhere else. Node, they've moved to Libra. What's the other one? Librera, L-I-B-E-R-A. Yeah, I don't know what the... Anyway, I personally don't do IRC uh, 
I haven't done the IRC administration. Don't know how. Somebody wants to tell me. I don't mind doing it, but uh, uh, don't know. Somebody who has been adminning the hashtag Oddcast Planet on Freenode, feel free to go over and uh, do it on Libera. Is that all we have to say about that? I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'm really just re- reading this or absorbing it. I've read it already, but uh, um, yeah, is it Libera Chat or something? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I've seen. I've seen uh, reference to this many times, but it's not stuck in my head, and it's not in these emails. But um, yeah, we should. We should maybe put something out about. Um, what uh, where, where the IRC is now? Well, that's the, that was the point, wasn't it? We need to update the, the website to say if you want to go find Oddcast Planet, it's over there now. Yeah, and if we're doing that, then I should be sitting in there with listening at least, uh, which I did on on um, on Freenode, but then I got dumped out of Freenode recently, and I thought, well, I'm not going to bother. So mm-hmm. um, I will. I'm happy to bother. I I don't mind learning. Uh, well, I don't know if I want to take on board IRC administering. If somebody's already doing that, that would be great. But if nobody else is going to do it, I don't mind doing it. Mm-hmm. So long as somebody yeah. tells me how. Yeah. Which can be, here's the manual on how to do that. Okay, Dave, any other business? Knock yourself out. Too many tabs open. Um, yeah, AOB, we've got... we've. Uh, Uploaded 35 additional shows in the uh, previous young, not unloaded, un- ununloaded 1 to 870 range. Um, and I had to pull a halt because I'd hit up against shows which didn't have tags if I'm doing them sequentially, which seem- seems like logic. So I tagged 10 that needed to be uh, to- done and uploaded them but um yeah we, we we need now to be doing tags and then doing the upload so we're not going to be able to go quite as fast as we were previously but uh, still we're getting there so on the subject of the tags we had three contributors to uh, updates this month archer 72 who's done lots i don't keep a record of who's done what how many but uh, and we had rowan who also contributed, which, uh, which is very nice to, to, to join in, and some guy called Dave Morris who did a few as well. So 71 shows in total have been updated, and we currently have 222, which still need work. So we have a sort of okay. a, an, un, an un, unofficial target of getting the whole thing sorted by the end of the, the year, but... Uh, whether we manage to do that is another another thing, but uh, that's the that's the overall plan. How do you do? Uh, say, I wanted to do a few shows. How do I prevent doing the same ones? There, it isn't. There isn't really a mechanism for preventing clashes. Um, I do have a mechanism whereby I can generate you a list of uh, a pre-formatted list of show information. So. If you ask for the shows in the range, you know, 100 to 110 or something, I can send you a list of all of the shows there that don't have tags or summaries. 
if there is a summary but no tags, it will put the summary in with a with a comment um, mark at the beginning of it. And similarly, if there uh, is no summary but there are tags, then it will do the same with that. So it's just useful to be able to look at that when you come to do the list. So if if we do that, then it doesn't reserve that that block. But uh, there's not that many at the moment people who uh, who who um, need to be made aware so it's relatively easy to say today i am mostly editing this this range so, can you send me five shows to do please yeah sure yeah only yeah, five yeah. yep and if away. somebody else was to, to ask for five shows could you do that for them as well mm, absolutely yeah 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 it's um it's a pretty straightforward thing to do and dave what's your mastodon or email thing uh, how could they contact I, you, Dave? I don't know what my master don't think. <laughs> While you're to continue to talk, Dave, I will find out what your master don't think is. Change, isn't it? You use it, but you, you never have to type it because the, the client knows what it is. So I don't remember things like that. Um, and I have a, a Gmail account for uh, email. So that would be Dave dot Morris M O W R I W S at gmail dot com. So. And your uh, Mastodon email or your Mastodon contact is at Pearl O I D P E R L O I D at Mastodon dot SDF dot org. And if you want to contact me, it's at Ken underscore Fallon at mastodon.sdf.org Cool. I think I think I've put these sorts of contacts in my uh, HPR um, profile. Uh, profile. Yeah, I should, thing. should do that too. <laughs> and it's very easy to change a profile at any time, Dave. Yeah, you just need to send in, um, what is it? Uh, uh, a new show? A, a box of chocolates, is it? <laughs> no, that's all. You just record a show and you send it in. Ah, and then ah, we can okay. update your profile. Oh. That's, much cheaper, much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get your profile changed in HBR. Right, that's it. I think is that it. That seems to be it. I think. I think that we, we've we've, we've uh, yes, we've covered uh, putting ourselves on an Amazon watch list. We've covered ourselves by <laughs> commenting about capitalism. Okay, anything else for to make sure that we have some feedback next month? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think yeah, I good. think we're done. I think we're done. Okay, tune in uh, tomorrow, actually, for another super exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.